0: Hey, everyone. I want to welcome you to another episode of the Gathering Network Covenant Partner Podcast, and I just want to remind you of a few things regarding 61. We will not be together on December 25th. Obviously, that's Christmas Day. So please be with your family, celebrate, enjoy each other, and connect on January the 1st. That also is New Year's Day. We won't be having missional communities again. The purpose is to just be with the people you love and to connect with them. We'll see you again at 61 on January the 8th. I wanted to let you know that if you'd like to give a year in gift to the Gathering Network this year, go to gatheringnetwork.org. Look up in the top right corner, hit that red button, and you can give your gift there. All right, let's enjoy this Christmas edition of the Gathering Network Covenant Partner Podcast.
1: Welcome to the Gathering Network Covenant Partner Podcast, a conversation designed to help covenant partners live Jesus-shaped lives.
0: Merry Christmas, everybody. Welcome to the Christmas 2016 edition of the Gathering Network Covenant Partner Podcast. We are glad to be with you today. I'm John Shirley, and this is my man, Ben Myers. Well, hello. Merry Christmas. It's just amazing. (laughs) Everybody, Ben has a cold today.
1: Oh, so sorry, guys.
0: And it's making his voice sound like liquid audio gold.
1: (laughs) Well, Merry Christmas to you. <laughs> just keep talking, man. It's you can just go on, just do some sultry language talk here. It might get inappropriate fast. I tend to do that. I'm sorry. Can
0: we just say that Ben already, <laughs> like before the cold, has one of the most amazing voices of all time, right? But then Ben with the cold, it just takes it to a whole other level, man. <laughs> a
1: little nasally and extra deep.
0: Gosh, just keep talking. I just want to keep hearing it. <laughs> Well, hey, we realized as we were planning and preparing for this podcast that when we recorded the last one, we failed to mention what the vision of this thing really is. And it's a brand new uh, medium for us. And we wanted to share with you, our covenant partners, why we're doing this and the real uh, intent behind it. And so this is it. We hope to add value to the covenant partner experience in this podcast We want to meet you where you are with relevant and timely encouragement and coaching around our commitments as Covenant partners. So we're traveling a little bit this year. We're going to be with some great people. Even we're going to interview some Covenant partners that are inside the Gathering Network. We're going to bring you some interviews and conversations with some of the best people and practitioners that we know, and I couldn't be more excited about it. It's going to be really fun.
1: Yeah, it'll be great, man. And, you know, ultimately what we're wanting to do is just provide – some monthly conversation points for our covenant partners to really help them live out a Jesus shaped life you know you know we'll be focusing on relationships because that's what covenant partnership is really all about
0: that's right man and that's really what we hope this podcast will help us do all of us covenant partners we are hoping that this podcast will add value and it will help you live a life of love in three directions a Jesus shaped life Our big encouragement for our covenant partners today would be this. Be in relationships that help you live a Jesus-shaped life. Join a missional community. Get into a discipling relationship. Be in a place where you're contributing and giving of yourself to make something better. It won't be perfect. It won't be like the community of your dreams. But I promise you, it will be a place where you will learn how to love God better, other people better, and people who aren't yet followers of Jesus better. And we know this, we can't do it alone. We are stronger together than we are alone, and that really is the intent behind covenant partnership. We need each other to live Jesus-shaped lives. We're really excited about this conversation that we've had today with Kim and Steve Specker, so stay tuned. After the break, we'll be right back with that. So I want to let everyone know I am here today in the home. I'm actually at (laughs) Specker HQ today. I'm in the home of Steve and Kim Specker. And I wish everybody could be here with me just to smell this place. (laughs) It actually smells like Christmas in this home right now. Just like evergreens and candles, like Mm. pine needles and candles. And the house is glistening and it feels warm. Like just full-on high-octane hospitality, and that's what we get with the Speckers. Welcome, you guys. We're Mm -hmm. so glad to sit down with you today.
2: Well, we're glad to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Well,
0: hey, listen, I want to, first of all, I'm just going to just give an an idea of what this episode is going to be about you know Um, this episode is going to be all about how to have great connected healthy relationships and i know that every single covenant partner that we have listening today would certainly want the relationships that they have in life to be the absolute best that they could possibly be and certainly most if not honestly all of us have relationships in our lives that need attention and work we know that we're trying to have a better relationship with god with our spouses, with our roommates or best friends. Uh, You know, we're trying to work stuff out in missional communities. We're wanting to respond in an honoring way to a difficult boss or a coworker, uh, or, you know, certainly even trying to be kinder and more grace-filled towards ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we all have a desire for great relationships, but we also know what it's like to totally lose it. I mean, totally lose our best selves Mm -hmm. in a moment of stress, frustration, or pain. So, you know, we're not the people that we want to be when things don't go according to our plans, and we're not consistently patient, gentle, kind, or self-controlled, resilient, or joy-filled. And with those that are closest to us, we can be so kind one moment, and then, I mean, totally and completely lose it the next, and we're like, what in the world is wrong with me? I mean, maybe I'm alone in that. I don't know, but like, you know, being a parent... Of young children, sometimes I just, you know, they push me to the limit, or Alyssa mm-hmm. and I might not be having a great day, or just even road rage, like whatever is going on. You know, I could be my best moment, my best self one moment, and then just somebody that I, I'm just like, who is that person? But you know, unfortunately, I'm all too familiar with that. I think that this is just a human experience, and honestly, we wonder if it's even possible some of the times, all times, to be our best selves, but then we're just even asking, like, is that even possible, like, most of the time, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know? So in short, we need help. Help us. I know you guys can help us because you're on this path. I see you guys growing and succeeding this way. We all want to be fruitful leaders who lead in the joy of Jesus. That's what this episode is about. It's about Mm -hmm. being a rare community, a Jesus-shaped community that can return to joy when times are hard or when things aren't going our way. So, that was a long intro, but this this is this is the question. Mm-hmm. When I say return to joy, what does joy mean to you guys?
2: Well, what joy means to me is being in a relaxed state, mm-hmm. being able to be calm and being okay with myself and knowing that others are glad to be with me.
0: Right. And that's different than like bliss. I think a lot of times when we think joy, we think, you know, emotional Mm -hmm. ecstasy or bliss or whatever. But you're talking about like an internal quiet kind of, an internal sense of well-being.
2: Right, because it's different from happiness. Sometimes the Mm -hmm. word happiness and joy get interchanged and uh, there's a depth to joy that is deeper than happiness Mm -hmm. happiness can be fleeting what i've come to understand is joy is a state of being like my joy is amplified when i'm with people who are glad to be with me right and then i'm learning also my joy is amplified when i'm glad to be with myself Mm. as i am right and learning to give myself grace. When you live a life in joy, the word grace is required.
1: Yeah, I'd say that's a that's the stabilizing force. Mm-hmm. Um, as I look back on my journey, I was fortunate early when I came to to accept Jesus that the navigators just really poured into me and all about knowing God's word and I would read all this about how God loved me but it's like my heart didn't quite buy it all the time yeah like I I couldn't I could see the words but I couldn't live out of it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I think probably in the last five years one of the biggest changes for me is the stabilizing effect meaning that I I really see myself as Jesus sees me, where Mm -hmm. he does delight in me. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel a level of joy just knowing that. Yeah. Not just in word, but really owning it for myself. Again.
0: I'd love to hear from you guys how you got there because it's an intentional path. And I think when you're when you guys are talking about this, there's there's this idea of like a returning back to something original, coming back to something God looks at us and his base emotion towards us is joy and it's just coming home to right. the way that God sees us. That God is okay with us and God has joy when he looks upon us and he sees us. How did you guys work this out you, you know I've heard you use the word attunement quite a bit can you explain what attunement is
2: you know attunement to me is finding that calm relaxed place a state of well-being you know to mm-hmm. attune to the energy level of others around us if we're talking about attunement in relationship on this earth it's empathizing it's becoming sensitive to what someone is saying around you And then attunement with the Father, that was difficult for me. I began my journey with Jesus out of discipline.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I could say that's how I started too, same Mm -hmm. way.
2: Yeah. And then what happened kind of in the movie of Inside Out, there was a traumatic event in Joy's life. Mm
1: -hmm. Remember
2: she, um, the little girl, her name wasn't Joy, but the little girl moved away. Remember? and Yeah began to feel the negative emotions what her secure environment had been and yeah so something like that happened to me um, a while back and it shifted me to put into place everything i had done out of discipline it shifted to desire mm. i had came to know jesus my senior year of high school out of discipline and discipleship i knew about jesus But when this event happened, I said to Jesus, if you are who your Bible says you are, I need you to show up Mm. and take care of my heart. Mm -hmm. And uh, he did in a pretty profound way over the last 15 years. Right. Yeah. And so it's been a journey of desiring him
0: Mm -hmm.
2: and... I have learned that I've had to make time for that. So, as I've matured in who I am as a woman, I've learned I have to say no to some things. Mm-hmm. And I have to make time to take care of myself. Right. So that I can be present for Jesus. Yeah. And be able to attune with him. Because when mm-hmm. I run in 90 to nothing, running and gunning and taking care of everybody else it left nothing for me. Right. And so you can experience a space of burnout. Totally. If you're serving your family, you're serving people around you, you're serving the marketplace, there comes a, a stage in our lives where we, if we're not putting input in, you know, we we give out too much. And right. Steve, what's that saying you say that your discipler gave you?
1: Oh, the mass of men?
2: No, it's the, when your output exceeds your input, what happens?
1: I can't remember. That. You're just you're just
0: so rifling through all the wisdom that you have there, man. <laughs> <laughs> we wrote a lot hold, of it hold on, on napkins and I got, I got and a couple Perkins, different files know. of wisdom in here. <laughs> yeah, right.
1: But, I was actually thinking of, um, when you're talking about attunement, I just think of John 15. You know, I am the branch and you are the vine. And Jesus calls us to abide in him. And I go, wow, that's that's deep attunement. And he calls us to do that. Right. All the time.
0: Sometimes I think of attunement as, you know, Alyssa and I will go a while without a a date night. Mm -hmm. And the longer that we go without one, we just start to feel the relational burn, you know, between us. And it is amazing what an evening out without the kids sitting at a dinner table and just, you know, 2 hours of conversation that goes from something superficial to where we're actually talking about our hearts together. Mm-hmm. You know, getting in the car and kind of feeling a dissonance and then in the car on the way home just feeling madly in love, you know. Mm-hmm. And attunement happens right. somewhere in in Absolutely. is that kind of it? Is mm-hmm. that? Yes. Well, I think that, yeah.
2: what you just described is um setting across the table from each other or men are more comfortable with the setting beside them. But the intentionality of that left eye to left eye connection, mm-hmm. looking into their heart and giving them full state mm-hmm. of presence, mm-hmm. not like wondering what's on the phone, you know, meaning, you know, the text or leaving social media, whatever aside, but full. TVs
1: up in the corner of the restaurant. Right. You know, oh, all man. those distracting right. things. Cause
2: right. Steve and I, we, The depth of relationship that occurs um, in that attuning process or sharing appreciation together Mm -hmm. and experiencing um, one another's gratitude entries, you know, when we're sharing our journal entries. um, Okay,
0: so that's a thing. So, you know, tell me about that. Tell me about a a gratitude entry. Like, what? it sounds like there's work there that you... That you do. There's discipline mm-hmm. right there. So what what is that?
2: I choose to write in a, a journal form because I want to remember it. I want to go back and yeah, look at it. Right. So I ask a simple question of um, Emmanuel or God, what would you want me to appreciate today? Mm. And I just kind of sit and listen, and then um, something might come to mind, a thought. And then I just start writing about that. In an appreciative form, how my body feels about it, what my environment's like around me, Mm -hmm. and um, how real that appreciation is. And moving from appreciation into a state of gratitude. Mm -hmm. So the gratitude is a little deeper experience, and it begins literally creating a chemistry process in my body that shifts the positive brain chemistry. So then I'm sitting in this place listening to what I think God wants me to appreciate. And then I just ask him a simple question. So God, what do you want to tell me about my appreciation today? And the things that God says back to me, it's it feels real tender to me. Mm. and it brings me into this awareness that I have a loving God who I'm in relationship with. Mm-hmm. And it sets the tone for my day that if I can go to him at when I start early in the morning, that I can go to him other times throughout the day Yeah, when I'm what I call triggered or sabotaged and move into a negative emotion. My space to move back into a positive place or closer to joy is practicing appreciation throughout the day.
1: What it's done for me is it's, it's created a two way relationship with Jesus now. Yeah. Instead of before where I would just be praying or I'd be writing in my journal, well, now...
0: In like a one... Like, God, I thank just, you for all right. these things that I feel about or, God, you. God, I need and, this, mm-hmm, or... A one-way conversation. God, I'm
1: struggling with this, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't necessarily yeah. have a response. Yeah, right. Where now, I recognize the fact, through Scripture, that He wants to talk to us. He gave us the Holy Spirit. Right. To yeah. share right, yeah. truth
0: totally. And you're talking about hearing God's voice now, which I think is a, saying, is, a, yeah. is a tough thing for a lot of people. Right. And this is true. I mean, even, you know, you guys have, you've taught this, at, you know, through the love and war trainings and some of the stuff and even around the gathering Network, some people spent some time with you and we're learning how to do this. And it is true that people are learning how to hear God's voice. Um, I think more accurately, sensitively than, you know, than ever before. I'm going to try this. I'm going to try this right now, okay, just as an example so that people can know what we're talking about. All right. Okay? Mm -hmm. So, and this is going to be quick, but if I were journaling today, I would come into this space right now, and I would say, God, I want to thank you for Kim and Steve Specker. I want to thank you for their relationship in my life, even, you know, for what they are sowing into the Gathering Network. I want to thank you for their home today that literally to me smells like Christmas, and it looks like Christmas. It feels like home and nostalgia, things that I love. I thank you, God, for the decorations and the beauty of it, and the flickering candles and the beautiful decorations and the coffee that's been offered and so many things. And I'm so thankful for all of this. And then I would listen for a minute, and I would hear the Father say, John, I want you to know that I love you so much that I would provide people for you in your life who will coach you and and encourage you and add strength and and value to your life. And even simple things like hospitality. Like I know you can feel me in those things because that's you. That's the way you're hardwired. You love aesthetic things. I know that a candle on a table means more to you than it means to just some people. Just because you can even experience me just in the way that light flickers or the way that a scent fills the room. And I love you and I love to love you through people who love you. And... Uh, this is a gift from me to you. Mm-hmm. Things like that would be a way to articulate mm-hmm. like what, like a tomb. Mm-hmm. That was all real, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but uh, I think we all just kind of went to a place. We all just kind of had our eyes closed, like just experiencing
2: <laughs> Jesus. Christ. We did experience Jesus. That was like, and so look, can I share this yeah. next step? Yeah. So John, as I heard you say that back, what Emmanuel was saying to you, So you just shared your Emmanuel entry with me, Mm -hmm. and that's what Steve and I do as a practice. We'll share our entries with each other, and then we end up hearing each other's heart and how the Father sees our partner, and it builds this intimacy for Steve and I Mm. because we see if our partner's so loved... Mm -hmm. by the Father like that, He's worthy of my love.
0: Right.
2: And vice versa. And then as you shared that with me, I felt loved by the Father Mm -hmm. that He would choose us to get to be with you today Mm -hmm. is a gift. And it was... um, It felt very loving to me. Mm -hmm. And it felt like it was the Father honoring the things that are what feel just natural in me right right. the candles the the things that have meaning to you and i just i just do that because it's me it's like i like it so i think everybody else does but it was like the father said no those are i felt like he said to me those are gifts to the people who walk in your home oh they sure they are because they're you take time to make them feel welcome yes And I'd not had that affirmation from the Lord before. So just in this brief dialogue, like I felt the Lord pleased. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay, so all this is really helpful. I've heard you guys talk about six big emotions. We all experience fear, anger, disgust, shame, sadness, or helplessness. Mm -hmm. Many times, one or maybe two of those would be the emotion that we spend most of the time in dialogue with God about. What we are saying is that that practice, some version, even if it's just quick, it can help us recover from some of these bigger, more powerful emotions. Okay, so how, how do we recover from some of those big emotions more quickly? Is it possible to do that?
2: Well, for me, it's practice.
0: Yeah, and if you need to tell a story about, you yeah. know, when you guys really lost it and how you came back, you can do
2: that. Well, every time I go to a certain store that has an orange logo with the initials HD, but... <laughs> Our safe place, Steve.
0: I know. Not it's really hard. Place. I can't yeah, take her right, anymore. Right, right.
2: He can't, yeah, That's where I become my not normal self, so I can't shop there anymore. But seriously, I just had an encounter last Saturday. I went to a, a local coffee shop that was going to provide bulk coffee for me mm-hmm. for an event that I was hosting and um, clarified the day before they'd have it all ready. At 7.30, the event needed to be set up at 8. I walk in and I hear the little barista telling the customer in front of me that she just uh, had got things started she didn't know she had a commercial order uh, you know on her responsibility list and uh, she didn't have it ready and she just knew the customer was going to be angry well I stepped up and I was that customer I mm. was the commercial customer that needed to have 150 cups out the door by 7:30, and it hadn't even been started to be brewed Oh, my. Because of who I am with my gift of hospitality, right? Sometimes our greatest strength becomes our greatest weakness. Oh, right. And I became very protective, and I moved to a state like I was going to lose it because all of a sudden, her inefficiency was going to damage my reputation for delivering ready hospitality for those who were going to be coming into, uh, get this, a prayer workshop. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) And I'm sitting there and I go, and I could feel literally the hair on the back of my neck. I could feel my hair standing up on my head. I could f- feel my heart beating faster. My jaws were clenched. And then all of a sudden, I felt this awareness of a presence on my shoulder, kind of like you have the good angel, the bad angel. Right. And the good angel says, um, You need to be nice. Mm. It is like you to be nice. Mm. Um, and I went, I don't want to be nice right now to myself. I didn't say that to the barista, of course, but I could feel this tension in me and I just had to stand there and look at her and not respond. But I'm sure I had a look of disappointment because she kept saying, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I don't know how to do this. Wow. And I go, I have a choice. I can really screw up her day and make her feel worse about herself and give her shame. Mm hmm. Or I can choose to trust Emmanuel or God enough that he will open the, the door that the recipients of my coffee and treats will be understanding. Mm-hmm. So I was fortunate enough that I stayed as my normal self after about three to four minutes of being able to take deep breaths. And so it tri- took
0: you three or four minutes to kind of come back from like freak out.
2: Mm -hmm. but fortunately I didn't say anything verbal I would regret I turned around and I was able to attune with Steve Mm -hmm. I looked at him in the eyes and I just glared at him instead of the barista
0: (laughs) I took the the dagger way to take it buddy
2: (laughs) he did because he I knew he knew how much that would mean to me yeah and so he sat in the tension with me Mm. and just kept going baby it's okay Mm. It's gonna be okay. it will come together, so I could take a deep breath and um
1: and I didn't join in and try to escalate the situation right and just take over right and like take charge okay. and yeah, yeah stay calm and mirror peace, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so
2: I sat down and um the gal went to make the coffee, and Steve and I were sitting there and and the the other male barista um. A nice, attractive young man had such a kind look on his face at 7.15 to 7.30 in the morning. And Steve, in his way to cut the ice, he said, hey, so who's that artist? Is that Pandora or is that Spotify? And Mm -hmm. I'm going, dude. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like Steve was just trying to like make this kid know we liked him. And Mm. so guess what, John? The young man ends up being friends with both of my sons.
0: Right, of course. Okay. <laughs> so, meaning, you could have you could have totally blown it.
2: Yeah, and not only this, oh, both of the baristas were believers. Yeah, and they said, "So, what's this coffee for?" Oh my god! I had to tell them it was for a prayer conference. Right. So, what do you think I'd have done to Jesus' reputation? Right. My reputation, or my boy's reputation? Right. But the tension was so great in me. Um yeah to Um, not remain i mean there would have been a day i wouldn't have cared what people thought i would have just demanded my way yeah but in the fighting and maturing and practicing appreciation attuning with someone who's with me um Mm. being sensitive to that little voice on my shoulder going that's not like you to not be nice yeah so those were that's my experience that just happened saturday
0: Why is learning to remain relational so important in creating healthy spiritual families? And you guys can even talk about like a nuclear family because
1: it's similar, obviously. Well, James talks about words and how they can just destroy. Hmm. And, And that's what, to me, there's physical abuse and there's verbal abuse. Right. And... If we don't remain relational in our families, boy, the hurts and the carnage can take years, maybe decades to heal. Right. If we don't remain relational. Right. If we don't work intentionally to, to stay our true self.
0: What do you guys think the productivity cost of remaining lost, And the six big emotions would be.
2: Well, that's a $6 million question. Yeah. Right. Right. Because if the marketplace knew the answer, they, I mean, productivity costs are lost every day in the marketplace because employees are hijacked. Yeah. Right. By each other. By by each each other. Teams are dysfunctional. Things that have happened in their, you know, their homes of origin. They come to work. They have children who, well, you know, you have kids, you know, what happens in the mornings before you go to school sometimes. Um, Yeah, so the costs are really unknown, true dollar costs, but I think the productive cost, what I think is even more valuable to us as people who love Jesus is what's the production cost for eternity Mm. or in a kingdom economy? Mm -hmm. Because if I didn't choose to restore the rupture in my relationship with Steve, yeah. If it was better to have a cold, you know, it was, it's easier to not have dialogue with him. It's easier to snub him or to ignore him, mm-hmm. but I choose to the same, the relationship with Steve is greater than the problem. Mm-hmm. Right. Not saying I do it initially, right? Because mm-hmm. we, we don't always see eye to eye and I, we, I have to go back to my space,
1: mm-hmm. right?
2: And go okay, I didn't act like my normal self. I didn't act like I really loved him Mm -hmm. in that whole scenario. So Jesus, then that means I have to go back to Jesus and go, okay, Father, help me, you know, forgive me for that behavior. But I want to make it right with you first. Mm -hmm. And then I've got to go make it right with Steve. And then I've got to make it right with myself Mm -hmm. because I'm embarrassed. Mm -hmm. I have some shame. Right. I go, I know better than that. Yeah. Yeah and especially when you're teaching these principles to others, right? And and you just screw up and you just go how did that just happen? Right. Well, the reality is I'm human. Yeah. And um I you know, that if I didn't restore that with Steve, then our marriage wouldn't be fruitful. Right. 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 And you know, we have the privilege of having one of our children in the home now. It wouldn't be healthy for him to see that. Mhm. So You know when you have children in the home the parents have this amazing opportunity to model restoration or reconciliation it's probably Mm -hmm. the word i should use because relational skills are caught rather than taught
0: yeah that's true yeah yeah so you guys actually coming together and really working it out rather than doing this weird passive aggressive silence punishing each other with silence you know for a couple of days or a week
2: you know, yeah it's Sla- like you know slamming the doors or you know there's just you know it's easy to have immature behaviors to mm-hmm. to get your way but then in in the end i that that's damaging yeah. to steve or
0: to me um so the coming back to joy would be How can I go and attune to the Father, attune to myself, and attune with you so that we can quickly come back, we can Mm -hmm. restore? Man, that is such a vision of the kingdom of God. Yeah. Like, it really is just such a beautiful vision Mm -hmm. of the kingdom of God. That's incredible. Steve, what about you, man, in terms of productivity costs? Like, what are you thinking over there?
1: Yeah, and just to tag on to what Kim said, just within the marriage, um, for both Kim and I, this is a second marriage for us. Mm -hmm. And so we we are doing it so differently, yeah, and we're both different people as well. But I think that the stakes are high. we We go, God is given us a second chance here. Mm. And marriage is a beautiful gift that He's given us. Yeah, and he wants us to live in the full of it, right. And so we work really hard to protect that. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah. we have a lot of motivation. I mean, it's good motivation. Yeah. Um, so we're very intentional.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you are, and the, there's fruit of it, you know, all over your lives, all mm-hmm. over your lives. You know, I think the thing that I'm learning in all this is I, as I, you know, think about what the gathering network is doing. Obviously I have a, a deep, deep concern that each of our individual covenant partners are having a thriving, like high joy connected relationship right. with Jesus. I'm with that for myself, yep. for Alyssa, for my kids, for all of us. Mm-hmm. But when I when I also, you know, we have this high dream for the Gathering Network that we would be fruitful in the kingdom, right. for the kingdom, mm-hmm. that we as a community can offer back to God, you know, a, a great treasure, uh, you know, uh, a harvest that he's wanting to produce in, in the earth. And so when we talk about the productivity cost of remaining lost in the big emotions, of you know i just think i think of all the people that i that i know that are really struggling with shame or mm-hmm. or anger or sadness you know mm-hmm. of helplessness even disgust i think you know yes. which a lot of people felt even just after the election It just wiped a lot mm-hmm. of the millennial generation just straight out you know and or fear fear of not being able to go you know in and in, in step into some of the risky things that jesus may be asking you to and i think about the productivity cost of being lost in those emotions, mm-hmm. I'm like, man, if if we can't do this, if we can't come home to joy, if joy is not mm-hmm. the, the primary emotion, if we don't know how to come back to the way that our hearts were made, yes. then right. the productivity cost is going to be massive because we're going to spend all of our time talking about this stuff and mm-hmm. never really doing it or getting to experience the real joy of it. And, mm-hmm. you know, the joy of it, is not the work of it. The joy of it is the relationships that we get to experience while we're doing the work of it. That's Mm -hmm. actually what I think God Mm -hmm. intends for the church. And Mm -hmm. when it it comes to the work of the church, it's like, I've given you my love for you. Now I want you to have the gift of an amazing love for one another, right, that's actually redeeming your heart, Mm -hmm. you know. And then I want that to be a, an actual megaphone into the world that it's better to be in the family of God because these are relationships that work. And so what mm-hmm. I hope for the Gathering Network, you know, is that we would learn to remain relational, that we would fight for that uh, actually as a key factor in creating healthy spiritual families that are high-functioning missional communities. I, I would mm-hmm. love for that to be true, that, that our missional communities are really high-functioning because sustainable movements require healthy leaders who can remain relational in hard times i think that's the thing that i'm learning and taking away and i'm just so thankful for what you both bring to the gathering network and to our relationships here and i'm i'm just so grateful for you thanks for being who you are and we love you so much
2: thanks john
1: yeah i love it